0: Today on Compassion Radio.
1: I think I have changed my view on prayer. Prayer is like waves. You can feel it very strongly, the presence of God from your head to your toes, this mystical presence of God. But at other moments, you would not really experience any supernatural, but just smell the taste of rubber of these generators and just noise around you and being exhausted but still by faith.
0: Sometimes going where the angels themselves fear to tread. This is the daily radio broadcast journal of Kingdom Living at the Front Lines of Faith. This is Compassion Radio. Here's today's question for you. What does faith in action really look like? Well, if you're like today's guest, it might mean simply getting out of bed and opening the curtains to see how your world has been transformed while you slept. And that, my friends, is a daily reality for our Christian family in Ukraine. Not only are they a key factor in holding the country together during a vicious invasion, they are at the forefront of keeping hope alive, especially when bad news rolls in like waves from the warfront and from the halls of power around the planet. There's no soft peddling the issue. The 2023 season of Advent has been a very bleak one for believers in Ukraine and for their countrymen. And yet... God keeps stubbornly showing up in ways that completely change the calculus. Our guest today has been at the heart of it for many years now and gives us the latest from Kiev this week. Thanks for joining us today and for your faithful support of our Christian family around the world. You can make a tangible difference this Christmas in the lives of Ukrainian Christians who really have lost just about everything. When you give this week through our Serve Ukraine project, we'll get a year-end support gift out as soon as possible. We'll tell you how later in the broadcast. Back on Compassion Radio today, we have a friend that has not sat with us across the table, so to speak, for many years, and I regret that. Being at the center of the church in Ukraine, and Kyiv especially, he's had instrumental roles in some of the most important Christian institutions in the country. Even today, working hard to build a business and bring prosperity to his country, he was thrown back into the tremendous turmoil that was the invasion of Russia from the north that began last year. But Olas Dimitrenko, welcome back to Compassion Radio.
1: Thank you very much, Graham. Uh, Thank you. for It's an honor and privilege for me to be part of the conversation.
0: The subject matter that I want to cover today when we get to it is about a dear friend of yours and the loss of one life. But I want that to be something that stands for all of the hundreds of thousands that we can't really talk about because we don't know them all personally. I know you personally. I know your family. I know what God has brought you through and how he has used you in years past. So we're going to talk a little bit about how God prepares a life like yours for ministry and how it's had an impact on your country. Not because I want to make a hero out of you, but because I want to show that anybody who is responsive to the Spirit of God and says yes in difficult situations, has an instrumental role to play in the kingdom of God wherever they find themselves. And your story is just as much a part of that as any. So, Oles, I want to, if you don't mind me, I'd like to dial back the clock back to 2017 when you and I walked the Maidan together. You were my personal guide to show what it was like for a generation of aspiring young people in that country to dream of a time when not only was there prosperity for your country, and freedom from tyranny, but that there was hope for religious and individual freedoms. Everything you were talking about, the kind of prayers you led, the prayer tent that you and Nileg Bagdich helped man during that time, the cups of hot tea you gave out to people who were extremely cold in that bitter winter. The things you did moved me because they were so right and they were so of the spirit. So if you don't mind, Oles, can you tell me again in brief form here What led you and your friends to start that prayer tent in the middle of that whole protest where the nation rose up and said, we want freedom?
1: Of course, uh, you mentioned a few times uh, the word uh, personal. Uh, So indeed, indeed, what is uh, going on around us uh, is often personal. When a nation is asking for answers, is seeking uh, the truth, and it's yearning for justice mm-hmm. for us as Christians. <laughs> How can this not be personal, so <laughs> to, to, to speak? So, yes, it is. It is very personal for us when we see the pain around us in our society. Secondly, in terms of ministry, at that time, I was vice president for development and uh, communication at the leading seminary uh, in the region. I had worked there for six years and uh, now I work in a professional field in government relations, business development and things like this. So my mission is more in society uh, mm-hmm. because uh, being light, uh, being light uh, in society, it is also very personal <laughs> because I'm surrounded.
0: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> yes, it is, you know. And thirdly, now there is full-scale war and I had just lost my uh, dear friend of mine last week. Uh, He gave his life for us, basically, at the battle near Bakhmut, at the battlefield. And so next, like on Saturday, we will say our final goodbye to him. So, yes, it is. Yes, it is very personal.
0: And I want it to be personal because I want our listeners to understand from a follower of Christ like you, Oles, what it's like to have to approach the throne of grace with deep grief bringing to him your losses. God transformed that 10 years ago or more as you stood in the Maidan, which is the big square at the center of the country, and faced down snipers from basically a private army that was sent there to try to subdue the country on behalf of Russia. But it was not a a real genuine kind of war. It was just kind of an insurgency of neighbors against your country because of complicity with politicians in your country. But that's a very complicated story politically to tell. So it's hard for us to unpack all of that in one program. So I won't bother with that right now. But what you did when you stepped out there and you personally laid your life on the line saying, if I lose my life on this big platform where all the announcements were being made, then I'll lose my life. But if you're going to lose it, lose it for something. And not because it was a political uprising in you, but because God's spirit moved in you to stand up there in the midst of a country that was aspiring to freedom to pray. And you led prayers. You prayed over your people. And you did it time after time after time. And something about the prayers of God's people over and for their nation and for their youth disarmed the enemy. The evidence that was all around us about that. The things that people remember about that uprising in the Maidan was that there was a spiritual weightiness to what happened during that time, and I felt that just walking through the Maidan with you. Can you recall for me what it was like for you standing up there and joining arms with leaders of other denominations of Christianity in Ukraine that you had not had any relationship with for many, many years, but stood together with you to see God bring the victory?
1: Uh, Yes, Brahma. Uh, In terms of prayer, prayer is like waves, and uh, you can feel it very strongly, the presence of God from your head to your toes, and this uh, experience, this mystical, mystical, if you want, if you like, um, presence of God, right? Uh, But at other moments, uh, you know you would not really experience any su- supernatural but just uh, smell the taste of uh, <laughs> rubber of, uh, mm-hmm. of these generators and just noise around you and uh, being exhausted but still approaching this throne of grace as you said uh, by faith I think I uh, have changed my view on prayer through the years. interesting Yes, <clears throat> for example, especially now uh, during the full-scale war, I stopped um, taking prayer as a tool for solving my problems. Ah, uh, because um, we tend to really think that uh, the more you pray, you know, things will change, or if you pray diligently, you know, we will influence the situation around us and things like that. So the war and the loss of um, believers, uh, you know, when uh, churches were destroyed by Russians last year, and, you know, these tortures, uh, God's servants experienced tortures from uh, Russians and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's going on today, and so then you understand that uh, prayer is probably not what we used to think about, it,
0: right? It doesn't deliver so many answers as it delivers something else what is that other thing you're discovering
1: yeah for me first of all um i really stopped praying to solve any problems you know Hmm. it's it's not for them and so i think of jesus you know he just he said god like father heavenly father if you want to remove this uh, tragedy that is coming this bad." Terrible circumstances, you know, which are really bad. If, if, if it's your will, just remove it. But if not, let your will be done, not mine. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it was not about removing uh, mm-hmm. problems from our lives. And so yeah. mm, somehow I'm surprised, you know, that uh, being Christian to s- some people. Perceive that being Christian, it means that, you know, uh, having no problems in your life, uh, you know, you are always smiling or will have this uh, image of a successful person. And when trials come or problems come, some people think that something is wrong with their faith or uh, Mm -hmm. they're doing something wrong or they're weak or something.
0: That's an essential lesson, though, less for us to hear again, because our program and the people that we speak to every day We preach a gospel that includes and is central on the cross, that Jesus and his sufferings and his, not just example, but his experience is essential to our understanding of what God experiences in loving us. And we bring the stories like you're telling us about being on the front lines of faith around the world, and often the extraordinary cost that comes with that and how it doesn't seem fair or just, it doesn't seem reasonable, in fact, it seems completely unreasonable at times, that God would demand such things from his own children, people that love him. And yet you're saying that God doesn't always solve the problem. He doesn't give us answers all the time. And you've chosen a different path here. So how is that path of acknowledging that God does not always remove suffering, change the way you pray, and change your expectations going forward?
1: Well, there is something else to this uh, Brahm. For example, this search for reasoning situations, this why why question. Why yes. did God uh, permitted uh, allowed some tragedy or trials? And so what I hear like from the Western theological ideas, there always must be a reason. why God? you know <laughs> allows suffering because he loves you because he cares and and so forth this is this really seems almost nonsense to me yeah, agreed. i heard people really explaining to me why god allowed this or that to happen so yeah. um, my conclusion is just the opposite that uh, god does not want anybody to suffer god does not want anybody to You know, he wants to save everyone. He wants to heal everyone. This is his will. So suffering and tragedy and pain, this is not the will of God.
0: Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help to continue doing just that. And now we're beginning a new year ministry in 2024. The first goal is to grow our vision team by another 200 people. Secondly, we've got a specific year-end budget challenge of $200,000 that we must raise in order to fully fund the projects that we've been contributing to for years. You'd think it wouldn't be hard to find these folks, but it's also easy to assume someone else will surely take up the challenge. Well, frankly, I can't count on someone else. I need to count on you. Would you take a moment today to seriously consider joining our Vision Team? Whether you're on a fixed income or running a growing business, Your giving matters to the Lord and His kingdom servants around the world. Secondly, we've got a specific year-end budget challenge of $200,000 that we must raise in order to fully fund the project that we've been contributing to for years. Things like providing Bibles to new believers in China, Burma, India, and Iran. I'm confident in you and the Lord's provision through you to make all these things possible. And much more. Thank you, friends give online today at compassionradio.com or call us at 1-800-868-2478 and you can send your gift by mail to PO box 77160 Corona California 92877
1: so suffering and tragedy and pain this is not the will of god this is not the tool Uh, You know, people try to explain, this is the tool to shape your character, this is the tool to make you better, and so forth. I Mm -hmm. strongly disagree with that. This is not the will of God.
0: Okay. You're saying that, I take as a word of authority from your own personal experience, and because God has brought you very close to the very things you're talking about. You speak from experience. You're not theorizing here. Yeah. So, what is it about pain that you see God allowing or if not creating?
1: Yes, Ben, I can theorize, Mm -hmm. you know, I can get into this discourse of uh, seeking balance between the transcendent and immanent in view of the existential realities. (laughs) Yes, you can. Of postmodernistic society and and so forth. So we we can talk a lot about theoretical things which are good, and I I, uh, appreciate people who invest in such research. Uh, but again, speaking of uh, practical experience, uh, these are my, you know, two recent conclusions uh, in my uh, faith journey. You know, first, I don't take prayer as a pill to solve problems. or the tool to solve problems? Secondly, pain, suffering, and tragedy do not have necessarily to presuppose a reason. Yep. You know, this is doing because he wants you to become better. Normally. These tragedies, they do not do anybody better or happier. They just break people. They're not making anybody better.
0: If it's not God's will, no less, to use pain and suffering to do something, to correct something in us, what is it for?
1: Yeah, I think it's a broken world. It's the consequences mm. of a sinful world, you know, that everything is not on its places. So much discussion about justice, about peace, about peacemaking, about consensus, and so forth, and it just does not work. Uh, The world is not just, you know, it's just, it's broken. And so we're just experiencing the consequences of this, I would say natural consequences of what this world is. The world that loved so much that he entered in, he became one of us to take these consequences. To face death, you know, to give his life for us, to take our problems and our sins and the consequences of our sins, to take it away.
0: So this is how I see it. I hope it makes sense with my poor English. Beautifully it makes sense, Oles, and I appreciate you saying this because I can't agree more that the perspective that everything's got to have a reason just doesn't hold up to suffering and us having to demand of God that he explain himself or that we have to presuppose that he must be doing this to us because he allowed it is not fair to God. And yet we feel like we're compelled to demand that God fix things or that he explained himself or something because we feel the pain. He's not letting us sit here and just wallow in it on purpose. I agree with you too that all suffering doesn't have a purpose. It's suffering. Yeah. It is there. It's really, We have to acknowledge that. So I want to let people off the hook that are hearing this. If you have suffered, it does not mean that God is fixing you or correcting you or punishing you. That's something we have to dispel with in our theology, because God cannot enter into something that he is forcing on us as a punishment or something else. He's not forcing on himself anything other than the love and the commitment to come to us when we need him most. You're at the center of this. So how do you pray now for your friends and for your country, Oles?
1: Uh, you know what? It's more uh, challenging to act than to pray. I would say it's, it's mm. easy to sit in my couch and pray rather than to act uh, in these uh, circumstances. For example, for example, my dear friend, Tolia, his name is Tolia the father of five children who became a volunteer defender of our country, a warrior, a soldier, firstly as uh, a part of the territorial defense in our city. Mm -hmm. Like he would call me and say, Oles, here is the situation, for example. Do you have uh, hot water in your apartment? I live in a large city, 4 million citizens, which Russia tried to occupy the capital of Ukraine lots of multi-storey buildings, apartments, mostly people live in apartments, uh, buildings in uh, post-Soviet country, Ukraine. And so he would say, do you have hot water? I say, why are you asking? He says, you know what, four soldiers, four brothers with me, you know, they have not taken shower for four days. Could you receive them? I said, Tolia, of course, of course. And, you know, you praise God. There is still hot water in my shower. Take all of them, you know. Yes. So here is a picture uh, a piano, like a musical instrument, a piano,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, a cat, my cat. <laughs> and okay. looking at uh, these soldiers, uh, new, uh, you know, um, interesting people. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of uh, weapons around this piano. And my cat looking at this (laughs) piano, trying to understand what it is.
0: (laughs) Who are all these strange people sitting at my piano?
1: Yeah, you know, and they were so exhausted. So just um, no sleep four days in a row. And suddenly they finally have this warm pleasant shower and I would prepare you know uh, coffee for them and we would sit you know they, they had only four hours four hours break four mm. hours break what can you do you know so luckily they were not far from my hope so so that was my spontaneous ministry I, I never planned this ministry but, but Kola, my friend my dear friend he would bring these groups of soldiers you know to take a hot shower yeah. and coffee And guess what we were talking about? Of course, we set uh, like home family setting and we discussed uh, the meaning of life. We -hmm. discussed faith, salvation, and this uh, deep kingdom stuff. Yes. And uh, you know, there was one Muslim guy who was very impressed with uh, Christians talking these deep, deep things. So in terms of praying or acting, it goes together. Like two hands, you know, you pray, but then you also act. And now, this Toler, the father of five children, as I mentioned, he laid his life for us. Last week, he was killed by Russians in the battlefield near Bakhmut. Yes. And, um, you know, it's war. What can you do? Uh, he was defending us, defending, of course, Ukrainians, but there is existential war between the dictatorship regimes and democrat- free democratic countries. So... Globally, he laid his life also for your values, for Mm. your cup of coffee, for your peace and uh, your comfort as well. So, Olya and his wife, uh, Ira, we visited her on Sunday because she just lost her father on Sunday. And on Tuesday, uh, her husband was supposed to come back for vacations, but he did not come back.
0: She lost her father and her husband in one week. In one week, yes,
1: yes, yes. And so a friend of ours called us that probably Tola got killed. You know, we had to be uh, in terms of prayer and action. So like my wife and her best friend and I, we would just visit, Ira you know, to be present with her. Physic. We did not even call her on the telephone. We just knocked at her door. To be present with her in the moment when she was supposed to hear this terrible news. Just being with those who suffer means a lot. Means a lot. So we cannot remove tragedy. We cannot change external uh, situations. But uh, being with people physically emotionally, not necessarily talking a lot because what what can you actually say, right? But being with people in this time. And so this is, I think, what God is doing in our lives. He's not removing the difficulties, but he is present in us, with us, near us, in our suffering, in the trials we
0: are going through. Oh, Les, there's a long tradition in American military history of the very thing you just mentioned, how you showed up for your friend. And it's always been a very formal thing. We see it in our movies. We see it in our historical pictures of when it's time to honor those who have fallen on the battlefield. The very first report is with a commanding officer in a dress uniform being escorted by some kind of spiritual advisor or counselor at the same time to approach the house. You as citizen soldiers and ministers are having to step into that kind of a spiritual tradition that our country knows very well, and you did it with great grace. It doesn't seem like it's as organized or as historically significant in your country until now to do that, but I'm proud of you for hearing the Spirit say, this is your role, though, this. It's time to be the pastor again and to be a dear friend.
1: Yes, it is, Graham sometimes we do not choose to be a minister or servant things like that but as long as we do what is right according to our lord we are his body basically on this earth and fulfilling his will
0: we'll have much more from Oles to petrenko on tomorrow's program. So i hope you make a point of tuning in then or catch the podcast on our website there's no doubt that trying times bring out the best and the worst in mankind i pray that god will bring out the very best of him in you today Thank you for standing with Compassion Radio in times like this. I think you know that we're a unique voice in Christian radio. Our radio stations, networks, and ministry partners around the world are counting on us to continue what we do so that they can do what they do. Quality Christian teaching and programs come to you because you support it. With all this happening in the world right now, Christian radio has never been more needed to bring you the truth, comfort, and challenge that we need to live a gospel-filled life in the world. I humbly ask that you not forget us as we do the work we do for you. If you've never given before, would you consider doing so today? If you have supported Compassion Radio in the past, would you consider making us a part of your regular monthly giving plan? Thank you, friend. We're praying God's peace, provision, and courage over you today. The toll-free number is 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can mail Compassion Radio at P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And we're online 24-7 at CompassionRadio.com. Don't wait, friends. Join us online to find out how you can be involved with this unique and timely ministry. I'm Bram Floria. We wish you God's very best.